Hello everyone and welcome back to the Contineros podcast. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Your headphones came off. <laughs> okay, this is going to take a long time. Hold up. I'm going to run with this one. This is the third okay, one. The third one is the charm. Okay, so. hot. <laughs> okay hold up. The podcast. <laughs> not a comedy club, oh, but God. the podcast is sponsored by Port Pro, the leading operating system. You're holding it in. What you... <laughs> uh-uh, let's go. Okay, okay, go. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Contenderos Podcast. <laughs> Your laugh is contagious. You're making me laugh. That's the son of Nervios. We just need to get past okay, this. Okay, hold up, hold up. We could do this. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Hold up. See, it is hot in here. Whew. The podcast is sponsored by Port Pro, Port the Pro. leading operating <laughs> system <laughs> for drainage carriers. Oh, God. Schedule a demo today at portpro.io. Okay. We did it. Okay, hold on. We did it. Oh, Whew. oh yeah. Fun. That was fun. Okay. All right. So, like I said, welcome back, guys. Thank you for tuning in. In the studio today, we got Laura Machuca. She's the VP of Truck Club Publishing Inc. <laughs> Episode eighty-four. Let's go. So, tell us about yourself. I, hola. Hola. I am Laura Machuca from <laughs> Truck Club <laughs> sure Publishing. Are. I sure as fuck hope you are. Oh, Lord. Um, so what do you want to know about me? I mean, you already know me for how many years and you still want to know more? But the people want to know. The people want to know. Um, well, where are you from? What do you do? Where did this journey start? You're now here at doing the publishing and a very popular magazine. You got the highly coveted calendar ver, that toquero. the Toqueros love. Maros. Um, and you got the Mayoreo thing going on. Oh, yeah, I have a wholesale magazine, too. And the uh, Truckers Wanted for when people are looking for Halle. Truckers Wanted, yeah. and Toquero newspaper. And truck you do the magazine. truck show. So, you a very uh, busy woman, right? I know. What so, how, how did you end up doing what you do today? Like, well, you've been in trucking a while, right? In the yeah, industry. In the industry. And since 1990, I want to say 96, maybe? Mm-hmm. 90, yeah. My father started as an operations manager in a trucking company mm-hmm. back in Carson. And then he realized there wasn't any magazines for truck drivers who spoke Spanish. And the majority of your harbor haulers were Spanish-speaking. Mm-hmm. So that's when he decided to start Truck Club Magazine, which we had no clue how to do a magazine, but, you know, we... We made it happen, but I wasn't working in the magazine yet. I was in, um, I was helping him out actually at the trucking companies, and I was a uh, in the safety department for a while. So um, after that, I went to another trucking company, did safety management there, and then decided. Oh, I sold trucks also in '99 for West Trucks International. So I sold internationals, and then um, then went to Truck Club in 1999. I just dated myself how old I am. Jesus. Now you know. I don't know. <clears throat> right when he started that operations gig, immediately, simultaneously, he was doing this? 
Yes, at the same time. So he was still working at a trucking company, and it was my mom, actually, mm-hmm. who back in the days, you know, now it's all digital. You take pictures with, you know, your cameras, and you download them, and you do internet. But back then, it was take a picture with the regular camera with film, go take it, film, you know, develop it, scan it. Those were back in the days when you used to have to do, you know. Those type of magazines. Yeah, to do the ads. Uh-huh. You know? So, um it was like my mom said she's like i struggled i'm like you struggled for three years and then i came in and you never struggled again (laughs) so yeah i started it in 99 and then i want to say maybe three years or four years later we started the el troquero newspaper Mm -hmm. and then we decided to do the job guide and then after that we did a wholesale magazine called solomayoreo.com and that's not for trucking it's just um, guided for people who want to buy products wholesale and start their own business and and you know buy wholesale and sell retail so that's like a totally like way different than the trucking right completely different but on the other elements like the calendar the truckers wanted did all of those stem one thing led to the other and is, is there a reason you chose to keep them separate um the truck club well we decided to do it in spanish at first all in spanish in truck mm-hmm. club but then people started asking us where was the English version. So what we decided was just kind of split it in half and make it bilingual. So you'll see some articles in English, some articles in Spanish, so it'll, it stays bilingual. And then, of course, you have your crossword puzzles and, you know, your differences and stuff like that, which I think that keeps guys in Don't forget to publish those, those I know, puzzles. We didn't do it one month, mm-hmm. and we got calls saying that we missed the crossword puzzle one time. Yeah. So, I didn't think it was that uh, that important, but I think it keeps you busy mm-hmm. instead of being on your phone all the time. Then at least you can pick up the magazine. So don't let it die, boys. Don't let it die. Mm-hmm. So keep picking them up every month and supporting our our uh, advertisers too all the time. I think Port Pro also also advertises. We've been on there a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. we have been. Yeah. So so yeah, that's how. I mean, I started in the trucking business and. Went to that, led to that. So I know a little bit of aspects of the whole trucking kind of industry. I mean, I'm not very up to date with the trucking companies nowadays because, you know, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. 99. So it's been a while. You got anything to share with um, your safety experience? Any any cool story from that time? Back then? Yeah. I used to just love going to the scene of the accidents when the trucks would flip over and <gasps> try to beat the highway patrol there so we can get our towing companies there to get there before you okay. know the patrol yeah. i wonder if that's still a thing do you know who knows i'm not you know i i mean i know a few people from trucking companies but i don't really get into mm-hmm. you know the yeah. conversations of what they do so you that company uh, had a lot of rollovers or what a few yeah <laughs> back then it was easier to get away though no, with some stuff like oh a little hazard material <laughs> they just go and kick it dirt from there and just hide it no uh, well, allegedly allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i remember my first gig i when i 2006 if, so if it was easy then to do the little transa here and there i imagine the 90s is like psh, you know? i remember i had um a truck uh got pulled over at um at one of the weight stations in like almost in san diego and I had to drive. It was almost like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I had to drive all the way to San Diego to try to get that truck off, you know, get them. Imagine having to transload in San Diego over there and, and try to find a company. So I remember getting there, and then I saw one of our other truck drivers on the other side 
coming back mm -hmm. into. So we, back then it was beepers. We used to uh, have to get in touch with them. You know, there was no cell phones back then, and so we had to page them and stuff. And I told them, well, how much does your truck weigh? And told me how much. And I said, get over here, because this guy was only like 2,000 pounds, you know. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so he's like, but I already drove my 10 or 11 hours. I'm like, don't worry about it. Just come down here. So we did that. And he came in. He hooked onto the container. He weighed it. He was good. I said, just go to the next you know, um, rest stop, two rest stops away. And he followed us and switched back and go. Let's go back. Make it happen. <laughs> that was the only way to get out of it, you know? Back in the days, I just gave out. It was a long time ago. Yeah, maybe it's ago. been uh, addressed by now. You, you know? think? Yeah, los cacharon. Ya quemaste el método. I know, right? I used to do some stuff like that. But, I mean, you had to get out of it, out of safety, you know? Mm -hmm. So. You always chasing it? drivers around to... Back then, did they also have to report to you and give you, like, the inspection sheets and all that stuff? Inspection, or? hours of service, the maintenance. Um, I used to do their deductions back in the days, you know, the fuel and all that stuff. Hand them their checks. Hours, you know, everything. Hours of service. Go to the accident scenes. Go to court for them when they had overweight containers. I was a regular at the East L.A. Uh, courthouse. How would the you beat those? already knew me. You basically have to go in as a um, <clears throat> representative of the company and take responsibility for them, and then you would go after the the the, the, shipper. Steam, the shipper, which was usually OOCL, huh. the twenty-footers. <laughs> yeah. Did Did you find that a lot of times? I don't know if that was the case back then, but sometimes when I would pull a load out, it'll show a certain weight on the ticket. Mm -hmm. But it was way fucking heavier. Oh, yeah, it always was. It was always, back in the days, back then, it was at Commerce Truck Stop right there off of Washington. Those two cops, they were famous for pulling them over and always pulling the 20-footers. Mm -hmm. and Because they knew, they knew the 20-footers were mm -hmm. going to be overweight. So that was always a, a thing. Easy money. Easy money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I actually told, I think I actually told the, the judge one day, I said, if you really want this to stop, I said, go directly to the shippers because all they're going to do is pay a fine. And I said, no, we're taking it. I mean, we're paying for it, and then we have to bill them. And I said, it's all about money because if you really cared about it being safe on the road, then you will go directly. Yeah, to, to avoid them. it in the first place. To avoid it in the first place, yeah. you know? Of that was course. my fight all the time with them, yeah. but whatever. It was never. I think it's safe to say they haven't done it yet. Right? Nope. How many years? A lot. And yeah, so it's it's never going to change, I don't think. So the truck drivers always, you know, the steamship line is always, you know, treating them a little bit. No respect. That's what I hear all the time, you know, at the harbors and stuff. And it's, it's kind of sad, you know, that that they don't get respected that way. Did any of the drivers have a crush on you? God, no. No, I don't know. I wouldn't ask. <laughs> I was young back then. Did you have the power to put them out of service if you wanted to? Yeah. They respect the safety people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they do. I mean, I became friends with them, you know, but to a point where, you know, this you is. You still got to send me that shit. You still yeah. got to give me your paperwork. <laughs> exactly. Or you have to say please when you want your check, you know? I remember I did that one time to a driver. I think there's legal issues behind that now. Like, you can't withhold the check for certain reasons. No, Just... but I can tell them to say please and not come at me and okay. yell at me. Yeah, that'll I say, you'll come back when you have a little more respect, and then you come back. So, I always say, what's the magic word? And so... Give me my shit. 
<laughs> well, that's the wrong one. You got to go it's come more back than the one. next day. <laughs> right? But yeah. So that was my, that was my things back in the, the days. But that was a long time ago. I mean, that was, I was back, I was what, 20 something mm-hmm. years old. So that kind of covers like how we ended up doing what we do today. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, because you got out of there three years later, you 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 came to support this. The I went growth to sell trucks for a little bit, like a few months, but I. Didn't. How was that like? How how did you start selling? Like, how was it on the floor? Did you have a territory? Did you have like, who you can know, who can who can reach out to the client? Who can you know? I had my you know of course I knew a lot of drivers, so mm-hmm. I they would come to me. And back then I used to sell. Remember those old um, a box a cab over Schneider's? They were like eight hundred thousand miles on them and. I didn't have the heart to sell a truck to a driver that I knew or anybody because I know the struggle that the truck drivers would have. And and when I sold my first truck, they said to me, aren't you happy that you sold this truck? And I said, no. I said, because it has 800,000 miles on it. And if it breaks down, I said, he doesn't feed his family. He doesn't have any money. I said, and I can't, I don't, I, I didn't have the heart for it, you know? It's a doggy dog world when it comes to selling trucks, but I just didn't have the heart for it. I sold two trucks, and I mean, I'm grateful that they taught me everything about trucking because some of these guys come to my office and want to sell their truck, and I tell them, you know, well, what engine do you have? And they just have a blank look on their face. I'm like, is diesel. it black? Is it red? Is it green? Is it yellow? Diesel. <laughs> I'm like, is it a Detroit? Is it 430 horsepower, 470 horsepower? And they look at me. I'm like, but I know my engines because I learned it. But... um. And so I'm grateful for that, that I, I got to learn, you know, everything about the trucks and stuff like that. So when you said it's a dog eat dog world, what, what validates that sells, statement? Like, when, what do you when, mean? When it comes to sales and even in the trucking, I, you would think, um, it's not about territory. It's, I don't know. It's just, if the person goes, you know, it's just, it's just a fight between sales reps and stuff. And I didn't, I didn't kind of like that. So. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I had to drive the truck. I remember I had to turn in a truck myself, and it had to be washed, and everybody was leaving. So I had to drive the truck myself, put it in the wash bin. I had my friend who used to sell trucks with me also, Martha. She's still at TCI. And um, we would wash the truck ourselves, bring it back. And I remember it was really windy, and I had to put the mattress in there. We were fighting to put the mattress, but we got it done, you know, shine up the wheels and sold the truck. How did that go? Driving the truck? Like stick shift? I had to learn. I, some of the drivers back when I used to work in a trucking company, I asked them to teach me, you mm. know, just the basics. And Because back in the days when, when we started the magazine, and I had to go to every single dealer. Like in Fontana, back then we used to have almost every dealer advertising with us. And I had to go over there and I had to take pictures, you know, myself of every single truck, get the specs and some of the... Wives were like, oh, my husband's not here to move the truck. So, Mom, give me the keys. So I'd have to back them up, take pictures, ah, put them back okay. in. It would take me almost, it would take me two days to two go to days? Fontana and, and cover every single dealership down the valley, down Cherry, down Slover. And the truck. Is that still the way that it works? Or, or I, I always thought they provided the, the photos. Now they do. Oh. But back in the days, like in 1999, 2000, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. I had to go out there and take pictures of every single truck and assume that they have the specs ready for you to list yeah. or else if you would not i just to... you know sometimes look at the door and uh, and see the year make and you know stuff like that but but yeah that's wow. those those were back in the days now everybody loads up their pictures and you know 
we have the website and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So things we change. Have huh? Evolved. Yeah, yeah, we have evolved. So being around this industry so long, what have you learned about it through over the years? Um, I learned that the truck drivers are are how would I say they are key to our livelihood and they're not being respected the way they should be I mean I don't think people like regular people who are not in the industry don't realize that everything you have in your home comes from a truck driver and to you know I I hear that they don't get paid well you know I wouldn't know I'm not Involved. I mean, there's two sides to the story, like always, and I have to be neutral all the time because trucking companies are my customers too. And I, I was a trucking company myself too, but I wasn't the owner of it. But I think, you know, our government needs to put more, you know, emphasize on on you guys, on the truck drivers that you know they need to be paid better. Everything has to change. None of these, all these crazy laws just to get money out of everything. It's just it's too much. You know, because if it, you're not there, then who's going to bring all the food to the grocery stores? Who's going to bring everything is brought to by a truck driver, everything we have. And so that's what makes me kind of sad that they're not being respected the way they should be. Would you know, do you notice a trend in um, over-regulation now versus then? Like, is it more common to hear changes now? Or has it always been a thing that has affected us? as far as you can remember I mean back then it was you know when I used to work at a trucking company and I had 210 owner operators that I used to deal with um, wow. then it wasn't yeah there was a lot of truck drivers and um, we I don't know the way they lived their life I now I tend to realize how it was not very um, how would you say responsible of them because I didn't know what an owner operator, you know, the aspect of an owner operator was, you know? So the, nowadays I see that they struggle, the owner operator, because now with all the new laws and everything, they have to now become drivers because they can't afford it to be an owner operator at this point, you know? But that's because they never, they never, once you grabbed a a $2,500 check back then, it was supposed to be, somebody should have taught them, you know? you have to pay yourself as an employee. You have to put this much money for your truck, this much money for medical insurance, because the majority of them, they would just go to La Clinica, like they used to say, you know? They didn't even have bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And I encountered that even when I used to sell trucks. I don't have a bank account. I don't have credit. I'm like, how do you not when you make so much money? But that's because they never had that responsibility of somebody teaching them. You have to pay yourself as if you were an employee. So when... This whole thing, you know, back when the carb came and the, you know, now the AB5 law and all this stuff, they can't adapt, you know, like they, they see a check. I'm like, no, you know, Uncle Sam has to take money out, you know, you know, unfortunately, because you were never going to have, you know, social security that you never paid into the government, you know? So I don't know that, that whole transition, it makes me sad because they, they're not used to that. So it's something that you have to teach. It feels like a lot of things came down at once, right? Like, like that. Back to back. Back to back. Yeah. And I see a lot of guys coming to the office and I got to sell my truck and I got to sell my truck because they can't, um, you know, and, and I, like I said, I just spoke to a driver 
that I just ran into. You know, I saw his truck and I ran into him on my way over here and, and he was telling me on how, you know, how he struggled, but now he has, you know, he found his, he found companies that he's now working for and he's hauling for. And now he had to get more trucks because he has to, you know, accommodate to these customers. And I told them, I said, you are the difference of another owner operator who doesn't want to do the work of going and getting their own, you know, looking out for another company, looking for themselves. They just want to go to a company, get dispatched, do the, do the haul, and come home. But this is what now has become now for a driver that you have to go out and look for your own work. You have to, you know, be an actual owner operator. You know what I mean? A company, a company owner. But a lot of people didn't, you know, a lot of these guys yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Because that's out the window, right? The whole lease on, yeah, that's kind of gone. Yeah. But a lot of guys are still operating with that lease on mentality with their own authority. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got the own authority to get to be compliant, but I'm still getting the work from, from who I was leased onto. Because they don't want to do With the same it. pay. Maybe 50 bucks more, 80 bucks more. Not no. a big... See, no. I don't even know how they get paid. You know, I'm I'm a little ignorant on that right now. Well, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's not worth the investment for the amount of investment and the risk for the amount of reward to if they're staying under the same circumstances. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of liabilities. I mean, you got to do these audits, audits, and the safety crap, and. But that's what's that's what it is about owning a business. You know, you got to deal with all the ups and downs. You know, I have to deal with overhead and and graphic designers and distributors and other states and you know it's that's what that's part of it you know it's not uh who said owning a business was easy it's not easy unless you you know you're a high-tech you know corporation <laughs> but owning a business is working 24 7 you know so it's it's not easy it's rough you're working 24 yeah, I've I've seen you in action like during the show. I think that's when yeah, you get. You that's when me. you seem the most stressed out. Or that's when I just know? fly yeah. by. You see my hair just flying by, you know, yeah. on the radio. But you know, the show is the the truckers want to show. I mean, I do it for the drivers. I do it for a day for them uh, to have a good time with their families. We do raffles and and that's the way I I see it. That's why I don't I don't charge for parking. I don't charge for entrance. I want them to come in, have a good time, and you know. And just enjoy the day with their family. And at the same time, you know, see if there's any anything that's potential for them, you know, to trucking you know, trucking companies and yeah. all the other services that are there. A little bit of networking. Yeah, a little bit of networking. So it's been, what, 16 years that I've done this show. Only two two years because of the COVID, so mm. I didn't do it. But if not, it would have been 16 years, 18 years, if not. And in those uh, 16 years, uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen at, at, at the truck show? Knock on wood, but I can't knock because it's going to echo. Um, I haven't had anything I haven't had anything bad happen. I, you know, everybody's behaved, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody's behaved. Uh, the only crazy thing that happened was I think there was a, there was a bees or wasps in the grass by the truck show. And a few of my people got stung. We had to run to go get Benadryl because they were getting a, allergic wow. reactions and stuff. So that was the only thing. And a child got lost one time. Oh, he ended no. up in my show, and mm-hmm. he was from the other side of the park. But we got him back safely. Mm-hmm. What about what, No, what about the... the When you're prepping, I think you had told me once that... Oh, they stole my... 
They stole our porta potty. Oh, I forgot. Savages. About that. Savages. You know, those are the party people, the party rental people. Yeah. They're the ones. Whose house is going to use a. With no, with, with, with no dookie, right? It's before. No, yeah, one. because it's not heavy. So yeah. it's brand new. So it's not heavy. So now I got to pay <laughs> extra, you know, to have it delivered on Saturday so that nobody yeah. comes and steals it. You know, so. Have you always had the fence up? Or is it because of that? The fencing so that we don't have people crossing like, over. Like the kids. Yeah, the kids. And I don't want the kids, you know, okay. going into the street. But, um, but yeah, now I have to do. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I wonder where crossing. it's at now. I know, right? Give it back. Yeah. But, yeah. That's so the back thing. to the... Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should ask this one now or get back to it later. We'll do it later. Uh, <laughs> I can drink coffee now. As far as the ads... What's the the weirdest ad you ever published? Have you ever had to say no? Like, no, I won't post your feet, dude. Or Um, something, I don't know. It was actually a massage place. It it sounded a little... What if it was a real massage? I don't know. It was... Was it that? I think it was that. We had to say no. But there are massage places now that we have here, but... Mm-hmm. They they're legit, but one of them sounded a little too uh, a little too funky. Mm-hmm. So what was the sentence? We we never mind. <laughs> we love you long Next time. time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. All right, that'd be something a little more weirder, a little more extreme. But that's the only thing, really. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like to put. You don't, don't feel bad that you kind of like. I had to say no yeah. to a lawyer, who wanted to. Um, Target the truckers. Target the yeah the trucking companies mm-hmm. and um, and I told ah, them yeah they yeah. wanted it was back in the days remember yeah. when they wanted to go after them for oh yeah the misclassification there you go that so okay okay yeah so I I have to I have to maintain neutral you mm. know for the sake of the drivers and for the, the trucking companies and and anybody else I cannot. Uh, like within trucking insurance and stuff like that, I can't get involved, you know, and it's, you know, if they pay for their advertisement, I don't know how they run their business. I don't know how anybody runs their business, but I can't, I have to stay neutral, you know? So unfortunately that's a part of advertising. It is. Huh? Cause I, cause you kind of represent what you're publishing in a way. Yeah. Cause you're hosting it. So yeah, but if you're I okay with it, then you, you know, when support the trucking, it. Yeah. When a trucking company, when a truck driver calls and says, well, this person did me wrong. You know, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Maybe if, you have I get, a... if I get more than three complaints, I will notify the customer and tell them, you know, I've been getting complaints about you. You know, you need to fix what you're doing or and stuff like that because I, I don't want it to reflect on us either. But, you know, because they say, how can you be advertising a person who steals from, you know, stuff like that? So, how do but, you do? Okay. Okay. But everybody when, has their two sides of the story, exactly. too. So okay. you cannot yeah. take that person's side completely because you can't say, you know, yeah. I. But there's two sides to the story. What advice do you have for me? Because sometimes I post a story and it's like, oh, fuck those guys. They don't pay or, or oh, that, they, they, that shit's cheap. But then if I don't post it, like right now it's so slow. Like some people, it works for some people. It, it doesn't work for some people, but then it's like, then if I don't share it and then I'm not supporting that person to get their loads out and it's like I'm in the middle. But you're, you're, I kind of put it like um, use at your own risk, I guess I should say. But I also. But you don't know their sides of the, the other person's side of the story, too, because then you, you hear the 
the owner saying, well, this driver just took the truck over there and he just left it there with the load and everything. And I had to fly out there and get the truck. And you know what I mean? So there's two sides to the story all the time. Mm -hmm. So you never know. You have to just maintain neutral pretty much. So, yeah, I guess you're always going to piss someone off. But oh, always. I, you're never going to make everybody happy. So as so long as you know your intention was good, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all. You know, treat people the way short, you want to be treated. Short answer, good answer. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Have some common... I think sometimes person. if you just follow your gut, you already kind of know the answer. So just, you know, roll yeah. with it. Well, this truck, I remember that lawyer got mad at me. I bet. And he said to me, you know, you just don't want to support the drivers and this and this and that. He used and, it against you, huh? Yeah, he used it against me. And I said, look, I was a safety manager. I dealt with drivers all my life. I used to pull them out of other states when their license got expired and I had to go to the DMV and act like that was their wife and get their driver's license, get them out of the scale. I did a lot for a lot of these drivers. Mm -hmm. And to this day, drivers still call me and they see how I'm doing, um, reach out to me through Facebook. And those are my drivers that, you know, you grow to, you know, to love them because they were they were good people to you, you know? And, and to this day, I can count on them for anything at this point, you know? So they're very, they have my back, you know, because mm -hmm. you, you, you respected them the way they should have been. I don't know. <clears throat> but that, that lawyer did come at me hard, so I did get a little pissy with him. And yeah. <laughs> hung up on him. But Patricia came out? The Patricia came out. <laughs> <laughs> the Patricia came out. Yeah. That's an Wait. inside joke that you and me yeah, have. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I guess people might get it if they watch the movie, the <laughs> But the funny thing is, that my middle name is Patricia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, so it's high risk. It's high risk. It's, it's sale yeah. con todo. Sale con todo, yeah. I lost my train of thought. That's but, what you have your notes for. Yeah, but um, I had a follow-up. I had a follow-up. It happens, guys. Mm -mm. That's it? <laughs> oh, yeah, the lawyer, the falling out. Well, not a falling out, but you just declined their business. Um, well, because back then, you know, I get it. They want to classify them, but as an owner operator, you have you're not a you're not an employee. You don't clock in, and and that's what I told them. I said, because I worked in the in you know I had a, I worked for the trucking company, so I knew. I said as an employee, the driver has to clock in, and the driver doesn't clock in. He comes in whenever he wants. If he doesn't want to work one day, he doesn't have to. So you can't consider him an employee. And so he well, the argument was that, you know, if you dispatch them, you're telling them when to exactly. be there. But you're not telling him to be there on a certain day. And they come back then they used to come whenever they wanted to. So I think he didn't like my answer back yeah. then. ¿Qué tienes? ¿Tienes algo? The whole kicking back at the yard to something pops up. You know up. what that that didn't no? That didn't run smooth with me. If 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 dispatchers were taking mordidas, that that mm -hmm. really bothered me, you know. And then truck drivers would get. I remember one of them says, "Well, look at my check." I said, "Well, you probably didn't pay enough." And he just looked at me. I said, "You think I don't know this?" Mm -hmm. I said, "You think I don't know you're, you know, you're giving mm -hmm. the dispatches?" And that bothered me a lot. But you know, it is what it is. This world Would there be changed. any reason to be offered for you to be offered a mordida? No. Under that position? No way. No. I, you know, you know what happened to me just last week? Somebody zelled me on Thursday. One thousand one hundred and sixty-three dollars. 
and I didn't know who this person was. Mm-hmm. I called Wells Fargo. They said, there's nothing you can do. Apparently, if you sell to the wrong person, you're done. Oh, wow. If the person does not want to give you back the money, they don't have to give it back to you. Bet you didn't know that. So I waited four days. On Monday, just this Monday, I get a call from Michigan that I missed. And so I called it back, and the lady in Spanish says, you know, do you sell, you know, backpacks? Back in the days, we used to sell um, purses. We got purses made from China mm-hmm. under my mom's. We made her name, and we made them under her name. And so, um, and I said, no, I don't, you know, are you looking at Solo Maridel? She says, it's just that my daughter sent money to the wrong person. And I said, what is your name? She says, my name is Olivia blank blank. And I said, I've been waiting for your call, Miss Olivia. And she says, she had a sigh of relief, you know? She said, that was my rent money. And I said, no problem. I said, I will send it right back to you. And a lot of people will not do that. And so I sent her back her money because she said it would have taken her three weeks to get her rent money back. And a lot of people, I realized, you know, I would tell some people, they're like, oh, it's your money now. That to me just gets me because Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that you would do something to somebody like that. You need to be more honest. And unfortunately, this world is... It's not like that anymore. I don't know You believe why. in karma then? I completely believe in karma. And it's not just karma. It's being a good person. Mm-hmm. Giving back that money because it's not yours. And I, um, I mean, if you're given the opportunity to, right? Like she called, right? She called me. But I, I mean, I went through the process. I even called my friend who works for Bank of America. She says, there's nothing you can do. Unless they contact you, then that's it. So she double-checked who she sent it to, and she called that number pretty she much? She called the number. She called Her daughter was the one who sent the money. Mm-hmm. And so she asked her daughter, who did you send it to, what number? And so she called me. Mm. So, you know, I gave it back to her, you know, and she, and she actually... And now you're friends. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just said in Spanish, you know what I mean, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I, I really do appreciate there's not that many honest people in this world <laughs> anymore, you know, and may God bless you. I said, you, you know, no problem. I love stories like that. You I know? love that shit. Because there's not that many honest people in this world. Yeah. You know, somebody told me, well, you know, it's just people are just mean now because of COVID, because we were locked up. And I said, I'm sorry, but just because we were locked up doesn't, doesn't give you a reason to act like an animal now and be, you know, rude and, you know, not courteous mm-hmm. to people. And it's not that's not the way it should be. Can you imagine if we literally have a natural disaster, how this world would be? It's just... Dog eat dog, you know? It's just uh, sorry sad. about that. It's because we had an earthquake. So so yeah, we have to yeah, go and, you know, raid your house. and take. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's just, it's so sad now how <laughs> people are. And so it, it's kind of disappointing that people have no respect anymore and no courtesy and thank you when you open the door for them or anything. So people need to change. And you know what's crazy? I, I mean, I, I won't say any names, but I know a dispatcher that was like that. Mm-hmm. And... Even though he had all the mordidas that they, they, we knew, if you look at it, like, como que está salado. Like, he, he never... Well, yeah. No, he you was kind of stuck anything. there. Yeah, karma's going like to bite you. No le rinde, if, that, if exactly. that's the right word. It, it doesn't... Um, there's no abundance there. It doesn't grow. Karma's going to bite you in the ass regardless, yeah. and it will always come back to you, you know? So yeah. I believe you have to be an honest person and be nice to people and and... Good yeah. things will come your way. And you'll be tested sometimes when you're maybe not doing as good as you should be. or You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, and then these opportunities come. And and have you noticed, like, if you move past that 
and you pass the test, like then like a blessing comes. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's like you don't wait for it, but you know, but sometimes my some people that I know it's like they do some shady things, and I said it's gonna come back at you, and and it's funny because I tell them don't come to me crying because mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say to you is I told you so. Mm-hmm. They're like you're so mean, Laura. I said it's it's. It is. It's a law of life. You know, you're going to yeah. get, you're, it's going to come back yeah. to you. Maybe not the next day, but when something, say to say, shitty happens to you, mm-hmm. think back of what you did, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so, not like exactly like if, if you stole a wallet, it's not going to be like, oh, they're going to steal your wallet too. I know. It could be like something else, something yeah, bad. Your car like, starts breaking down, you get hit, something, you know? Yeah. You end up paying double. So I don't know. Be nice, people. That's all we got to do is just be kind and courteous. Uh, are you going to be kind and courteous when... Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> what were you going to say? It was going to be kind of harsh, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh again like we did earlier. Uh, <laughs> uh, we could have stopped laughing. I got a better way to ask it. Um... How has t- uh, technology and digital media impacted the way you do business here? Obviously, these are all, all literally printed and printed. distributed, right? Uh, how are you adapting? Um, it's a little harder. I, I, I get it that people want to be on their phones all the time. And so we have to get involved with you know Instagram and Facebook. And, and I need to get more on it i just don't like like right now i hate being on camera because i'm always the back end of you know everything so i nobody sees me really so this is uh you're lucky you're welcome thank you that i'm here and um i we need i know that eventually this will fade in a few years Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully not that soon but um yeah we just have to get more involved i don't know i mean I get that people look at stuff, but do you actually, you, do you actually see something and say, oh, I'm going to call this person? Or like if you see a a parts place, do you actually remember later on say, oh, I remember that this guy had, this mechanic did, you know, whatever, turbos. I got to, now I got to go back and look for it. Or would you have something that's more tangible and you'll have it in your truck and sitting there, you just got to go back and look at it you know and and find it me personally I, I i follow the person you follow them just to know that they're i guess so i can go back to it you know yeah but then i also got to remember the name so that's an exactly too, so you, but but then know. for the trucking industry it's different because we're on the road a lot and waiting to get loaded unloaded yeah. so it helps with the anxiety or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it to have something there that you can read and yeah look through true. you know and look through and the puzzles help i don't know do they cuz i and I, I like i'd like to get some feedback from some truck drivers and say mm-hmm. what they would like to see i just don't i just don't want anything that's um how would you say controversial and and, and you know talking smack about somebody that's what i don't like you know mm-hmm. i just you see it so much on instagram and on facebook you know everybody worries about your kids being bullies guess what adults are the number one bullies on instagram now everybody has such shitty things to say about anything on instagram and you don't realize you're the bully just on cyber you know 
on Instagram and on Facebook. And this is where your kids learn it from to be bullies because nobody has anything nice to say on Instagram anymore. It's all just attacking people. Show a picture of a guy with no shirt or give him a name, a, a nasty name. It's like, it's that sad that people, that's all you do now. It's, you know, sitting there and just talking shit about people, you know, and making nasty comments. It's, it's, I'm all, forget about the kids being bullies. I'm like, start with the adults. And mm-hmm. they, that needs to stop first. And then teach your kids the right way. So I, I believe that's um that's something we need to uh address big time here about you know, adult bullies adult bullies you know forget the kids see what it, i mean open up instagram and it's just all negative stuff yeah i mean it's easy to like throw stones from behind the i had somebody you know? throw stones on on with the el troquero models just this guy was nasty and saying bad things about one of the girls on there and i, I told him i said how would you like it if you had somebody, your daughter was on there and somebody was saying ugly things about her, you know? He's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just being, I'm just following. I said, oh, so you're a follower. I told him, you know, he never responded back again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because other people do it, you're going to do it. So that was, not, that was not nice at all. So if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. That's bottom line. Have you had any uh, in-person or, or any crazy experiences with the models? Any... <clears throat> Do all the models get along? Do are there issues that come along, like legal issues with models or? No, how, luckily I, I, I've been very blessed. Um, I have a, an agency. I used to work with one agency first, and then um, and I for many many years she was awesome, and then I started with another agency. She was a model herself, and then she became an agency with um EV um EV agency with mm-hmm. Elizabeth um, and she's been awesome too because. She's on top of these girls, you know, like just get to t- get there on time. And the girls that I've all worked with, they're very, they've all been very professional. I've never had any problems. I mean, if they have problems within each other mm-hmm. because they work other you can feel events, it. Um, they can don't, you they don't bring it, mm. you know, but they just, but that's pretty much it. I mean, they've been, everybody's been very professional. All, all the models, they're very nice. I mean, they all have careers. They're, they're very respectful. So never had any problems with them at all. When did you have that idea to incorporate models into the, the whole, you know? The when whole... we started El Troquero newspaper, um, it was black and white back then. It was a one-spot color. It was like either blue or red, the ads. Okay. So it didn't, I couldn't compete with Truck Club because Truck Club was kind of the same thing, and it was glossy, and, and I couldn't compete with it. So that's when my dad and I were like, you know, we got to do something different. And, well, we should put girls. And I said, okay. And then I had my, my best friend's sister used to do hair. And I, I gave the idea to her. And she said, well, she has a friend who's a model. And she does her hair. And it ended up being my friend. Um, now she was, she's a friend of mine, Carmen Palumbo. She was my first model. And she actually used to work for Quebuena. Uh, mm-hmm. Radio, and she was the the video girl back then. Okay, they used to call her La Ponedora. So she said, "Any friend of Carmen is a friend of mine." And so we did the first shoot. We I remember we went to a dealership. One of our customers from a long time ago. I said, "Wash me these two trucks, and we're gonna shoot right there." That was our first time. And ever since then, then she introduced me to the model agent uh, Tuesday, and that's where we we started off. You know. Did you save your first uh, photo shoot? 
Do you have I that think I do edition have it anywhere? Somewhere. I think I do have it somewhere. Cool. I mean, I have piles. I mean, it's what, 27 years? Yeah. So, yeah, we still have it. And then we used to get girls who used to be regular girls um, a long time, Leslie. And, and you know, I still keep in contact with her. And, and so, I mean, it's been a long time. But, you know, some of these girls still stayed friends with me. So we've been very blessed with these girls. Like the modeling for them, it, it's like <clears throat> it leads to other opportunities as well. Huh? Have you noticed that? Or, or is that like just... Yeah. Like, they do. I mean, I had one of the girls, I think I, she went to one of my truck shows like a few years ago with mm-hmm. her mom. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody radioed me and says, there's some girl here who wants to, wants to be a model. She was young and I, we were her first shoot with a truck and then she became a fashion model. She was on, you know, on Instagram and fashion with fashion, I think fashion effects. And, you know, I see her now, you know, she's getting married. She's, she's become something, you know, and it's pretty, it's pretty nice to see them you know, evolve all these girls. So it's nice. We still stayed friends. If you weren't doing this, what would Laura be or do? I don't know. Like maybe growing up you had something you wanted to be or? I've been working since I was 15. I think I worked when, before when I couldn't even work, when you didn't have a permit. I think I, I started from the bottom. Domino's Pizza. Carl's Jr., Anna's Linens. We used to sell curtains, so I know everything about curtains. And um, it was like five years. And at that same time, when I used to work for Anna's Linens, I used to be um, uh, a, not a teacher, but a teacher's aide for kindergarten at my old elementary school. And then I used to tutor a boy at his house to learn how to read at the same time. And then my parents back then, before we started Truck Club, we had... Um, a churreria back in Huntington Park. It was a it was a restaurant. And so every morning I'd have to go by to East LA, go by the cajeta, go by the bread, open up the shop, come back, be a teacher's aide, go to tutor this kid, then go to Anna's Linens, work for five hours and then take off again in Huntington Park and and close the shop. So I was doing four jobs at the same time. And then from there I went to the trucking companies. And that's where it all started. So, the churreria. Well, what's up with that? How? How? My dad always had something going ideas on. Ideas all the time. He's we're gonna do this. We're gonna do a restaurant. We're gonna do a churreria. We're gonna sell this. And it was just you know until this finally stuck. You know. So yeah. Is there anything you would change if you could go back and do it differently? I learned how to type. <laughs> you don't, you're still I would have ditched my typing class in high school. Cause man, I, I hate. Yeah. To, I have to learn how to type. Me too. Sad. I Me know, too. right? If I so one finger, you got, yeah. If you got a long one, then your eyes uh-huh. are all over the place. Well, can I just do voice? And yeah. then I look up, see if I didn't type fuck up. <laughs> I know. Oh man. I know. I wish I learned how to type. I wonder if we'll pick it up easy if we actually try it. I know that the little bumps on here are there for a reason. The F and the J, they have a little bump. Really? That's like your reference point. Oh, so I didn't know the, that. You put the index, the left index on the F and the right index on the J, and then kind of like... I never knew like that. Like memory. That's always, you always go back to that. See, you know? I wish I wouldn't learn that, but, you know, I always decided to ditch every time. I think we could do it, because if I'm being honest, there's times I've had to text. And you're not going to believe it. Maybe you will. I'm not looking at the keyboard on the phone. And I, and I really I get pretty close to the words. See, I can't. So if we could do that. Yeah, that'll be a piece of cake. We got to do that. We got to learn. I don't know what I do, to be honest with you. I, that's what I, you know, that's what I was telling my friend 
just last night. I said, I don't know what I would possibly do. You know, I probably wouldn't even know how to do a resume at this point. You know, it's just, it's weird. I mean, I have the trucking experience, but would I be in trucking? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I would. You think a lo- this just shows that sometimes people are influenced and I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. And th- look, if your dad hadn't been the way he was, maybe you wouldn't be doing this. No. So if it wasn't for that influence, what do you think you would be? Like, who are you really? Or, or are we ever like something my certain? Always, my dad was always a hard worker. I mean, before he became um, in the trucking business, he was a, a union's a union. Um, he used to work for the for the union back then. And um, mm. he used to run with Cesar Chavez, too. So um, he always, uh, I don't know, they always, my mom, too, she always worked. She used to work at a factory, um, clothing factory. She was a manager walking around a factory in high heels and dresses and just all, you know, eight, ten hours, you know, back and forth. So they always instilled the, the working habit in me. So I've been working since I was four. I, I snuck out to go and pass out flyers for Domino's Pizza out of my house because I wanted to work. That's how bad it was. And um, but how I've much, always how much did you make back then? Five seventy five an hour. That mm. was minimum wage back then. Can you imagine? Five seventy five. McDonald's just <clears throat> workers just got twenty. Or exactly. I don't know when it's gonna start, but I heard about that. Yeah. So. But that the, that goes to show you how. Oh, that ice cream machine better work at night now. The one that's always broken at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, you, but nowadays people don't have that many, uh, they don't know the value of work anymore. Nobody wants to work. Everybody's too lazy to work. I've been trying to hire graphic designers and nobody shows up. They go for the interview and they don't show up. They don't bother calling. They don't. I said, What's wrong with the... Are you wanting them to work there, or can they I, be remote? Everybody asks for remote, but I'll uh, be that's honest with is. you. Well, that's what it is. I bet you that's what it is. That's like the main reason they don't come back, because a lot of people are working remote But now. can I be honest with you? I don't trust people working remote. I hate to say it, but... You don't trust adults to make the right decision. Exactly. And as long as they provide the graphics you want, yeah, why don't you give them a chance? That's true. But the thing is that with us, I like the personal... Um, relationship with the customer i like for the customers to call and feel that they can talk to a graphic designer at that moment and do the changes and get it done not have to wait you know send email or stuff you'd be surprised some of these there's some customers that only want to deal with you through text they want to deal Mm. with you email i had some customers who still wanted to go and see me i had to go every single month to go take pictures of the trailers and actually see them you know and it's it's different. It, there's mm. different types of customers still. Do you think that that causes more headaches for you, giving the customer too many options on the graphic design? No. No? No, because it's what they want. I mean, it's... Okay. You would... This is why I have customers who have been with me for more than 23 years. Because we give them that customer service. Because we're we're there and we're on the phone with them. I have a personal relationship with them because of that. I mean, they're like family, mm-hmm. and they call you up, and you know, and it's like, you know, you, how do you say, shoot the shit with them for, 
you know, 30 minutes or so because you have that relationship with that customer mm-hmm. and it's, um, and they're like, they're like family and that's just the way it should be. I think, I think that's how business should be. So I should have asked that. What percentage of the ads are designed in house? All of them? Pretty much all of them. All of them. Yeah. There's a few. It, that, it has to be that way. You think that's part of the, the, <clears throat> the, the, the transaction there or is there a case where they send you their own stuff? Or? There's a case where they send you their own. So that's an easy day, right? Like, all right, cool, send it. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's what they want. But, you know, like with the trucking, it's different, I think. It's just sometimes it's too, too much verbiage. You guys don't read it. You know, you're, they're going to ask the questions. People are, are a little lazy now to read. And look at how much information this guy customer has for trucking that's a lot that's a lot and guess what when they call they're still going to ask all these questions that you have written down that's a good thing to point out okay they're still going to ask it okay where do you where do you run how much do you pay it's all right there but they just don't read it Mm -hmm. they're going to ask it so it's it's the whole social media thing like we went from like photos that told the story to 15 second clips to now like everything's just short form yeah. it's dominating you don't want to hear the whole three minute story you don't yeah. have time for th- for a three minute story you need the highlights in 30 seconds and, and you'd be surprised and with some cool graphics and I music know. you know but sometimes even uh, like well not not so much the trucking like with the with my wholesale magazine and like how can i say it? let me let me show you a sample this customer right here who sells dresses pretty dresses Mm -hmm. and um, when you see her ad it's i mean to me and to other people look at how this ad looks right Mm -hmm. does it look expensive to you that these dresses might be a little expensive by the way the ad looks um i'm not sure i mean what stands out is that it's 15 percent off so i might assume that they already know they're overpriced so they make you feel that you're gonna get a deal by and if i tell you that her dresses are like six dollars and 75 cents nobody would ever know that because a lot of a lot of the customers a lot of the so did i answer that correctly yeah oh yeah because when an ad looks expensive automatically people are gonna think a little bit of marketing myself you know i know but that's what i and that's what i told them i said when you make your ad look too fancy People assume already that you're going to be expensive, so they don't bother calling you. And then if they only knew that your dresses are only $6.75 each, and they're pretty dresses. So sometimes it's the way the, the mind works on how you see, you know, uh, the the ads, too, yeah. you know, when you look too expensive. Insurance companies, too. But the way we think, they think, they probably thinking that, they're probably thinking that the, the general public would see their product as inferior or cheap if they come off from the get-go as like look six dollar dresses it's like i get chafa six dollars but let's be honest people people will buy the same tennis shoes three times a year because it's going to be twenty dollars and they're going to buy it three times because it's a cheap shoe and they're going and it's going to waste and they're going to go buy it again and then go buy it again instead of paying a hundred and fifteen dollars for a good shoe that's the way people have always been They'll buy the thing three times in one year. It hurts less. It hurts less, but you don't realize that you already bought it two times already this year because the tennis shoes went to waste because they were twenty dollars, you mm-hmm. know. So, but that's the mentality. I mean, I I go to a, a trade show in um in Vegas and um, 
for 15 years, I saw a man selling wallets, and he was he was Indian descent, Hindu, and he had a beautiful background of um, lights and and wood. It was all nicely wood and all the 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 wallets and everything. And he would sit there for days. It was a five day show. I mean, if 10 people showed up to his booth, it was a miracle. And he had wallets. Seven booths down, this guy had wallets and he had them on the table. And their wallets were everywhere and people were just rummaging through them. So I went up to him and I asked him, I said, what's the difference between your wallets and his wallets? He says, nothing, they're the same ones. I said, you know why you don't get people here? Because you look too expensive. People automatically assume that your wallets are going to be higher than his. And they were the same wallets. Until this day, 20-some years later, 22 years later, he still has the same back, wood, blah, blah, blah. Didn't learn a lesson. If he didn't learn a lesson, then why is he still in business? I don't know. How is that working out? I don't know. That's a very interesting uh, observation there. Exactly. So it's crazy. You think it's it's like a a, uh, psychological thing uh, that the customer gets a feel for the wallet, maybe. They're like, oh, it's that. You you picture yourself already owning it the minute you touch it. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But, I mean, that has a lot to do with with, um, learning about advertisement, too, because you have customers who will be like, well, I I want the front one and I want the one right next to it. And I said, why? Why would you want the one right next to it when you can have something in the back? Because everybody sees the first pages. And I said, that's not true. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, yeah, it is. And I had one guy come up, one of his workers, and I handed him the magazine. I said, how do you read a magazine? He said, oh, I start from the back and go to the front. Have you ever noticed how you read a magazine? I I, I stop at the page that has the coolest graphic. Or, but when you or grab more. it, what do you do? I go like this. Yeah. And let the pages like yeah. fan through, and but then... then you have some customers who automatically want mm-hmm. the first one because they think that somebody's gonna mm-hmm. sit here and and start from the front, and that's not even true. Sometimes I just even open the middle, go straight from the middle, and then start going back. But there's so many different ways of people. I like to read mine upside down. Upside down, because <laughs> you're a weirdo. I'm different. <laughs> Hey, you That's know, I'm still thinking about that guy. I want to help him sell his wallets, man. I know, right? I felt bad for him. I literally went to the show two years ago and I passed Just to see. And he it. was still the same. I said, oh, wow, you don't, you know, you obviously didn't learn. You know what? Maybe. What do you think about this idea? You think we could help him sell wallets if he does like a, like a uh, instantaneous cash rebate? So when you buy the wallet, there's already like... <laughs> Five bucks in it. Five bucks in it. Can you imagine? Real money in it. A you dollar know? Like, in there? We'll start you off right. This wallet <laughs> comes with money, man. Who's well, going to, you know? And factor in, you know, into the price, of course. You know, you know the, the, the thing is that when you give somebody a wallet or you give somebody a purse, you have to put a dollar in it. I didn't know that. You see? that's Nobody knew that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, some people know that. Mm. But when you give a wallet or you give a purse, you have to put at least a dollar in it because that way it's good luck that, you know, your purse is always going to have if you're super, if you're superstitious, it sounds like you're passing over your energy, yeah, to that wallet, taking it from yours. No, hmm. no, it's just giving you know good luck and good fortune to somebody else. I would think. Interesting. Yeah, we're having a, actually another event for the wholesale magazine. We're having an event October 29th, and it's going to be like a, a cash and carry kind of thing. Like there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of exhibitors, a lot of um, wholesalers there. 
selling all kinds of products and um and that's going to be in right here in San Pedro actually at the Double Tree Hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, October 29th it's called Mayoreo Expo. They're going to have you, seminars. What do you need to get in there? General public or you have to have like no, some no, kind no. of business? No, no, no. General or? public they charge, I think it's $25. There's the ad right there and they're mm-hmm. going to have speakers like if you want to start learning, start doing business. Um they're going to have speakers, motivator speakers and um my friend Carlos uh, Marcus is uh he's one of the speakers. And um, and then they got like the Better Business Bureau. Yeah. And um, and so they have speakers on how to teach you how to start your own business. Mm. And then we're going to have people there who are going to do actual cash and carry stuff. Actually, the people with the clothing, the women's clothing is going to be there. So um, we have uh, jewelry and um, sportswear for girls. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of stuff there that you can actually buy well, right then and there. What's cash and carry? Cash and carry meaning you pay for it right there and you carry it out. Pay your cash and you carry it out. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it just sounds like okay. Like, why not just say there will be stuff for sale? Like we always just well do because that. you know like, what? And a lot of when it comes to wholesale, um, like at the trade shows, you uh, have to go there and you have to you know do your orders and stuff. You have to have your so no documentation, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's just to get you a kickstart yeah, to see if this is yeah. something that's going to be your okay. your thing to sell. And so it's a it's a good it's a good thing. What do you think? Some some wholesale uh, vendors, if they have the material, why not be the manufacturer? If they got it like that, or it's just not their thing. Or it's not that business easy. wise. Why is it like? I I mean I went to China back in 2018, so I didn't bring back COVID. Okay, don't no. don't think that it was all uh, your it fault. It was all my fault, right? I brought her back. No, in October, I mean, in 2018, I went to China with him, and we took a group of 98 people. So we traveled. We went to um, Beijing first just to see the Great Wall. You guys definitely brought COVID. We brought COVID. 98 people. (laughs) Yeah. And then we went to Yiwu. We went to um, Guangzhou. We went to the... um, to the Canton Fair. And now the Canton Fair is a... it's a, a, a show, like a convention, but... Picture the convention center times 20. Shit. I mean, this thing was enormous, the Canton Fair. But this is where all your people from Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, they all go over there. And they that's where they go over there and they see all the products. This is why at Costco and Sam's Club, you don't see the same thing like over and over again. Like when they oh. have the hangers or they have... The Christmas trees, or they have this, or they have these type of jackets, or this type, and you don't see it again. You know what I mean? It's very rare that you see certain things. What Costco does, that's white label, right? They go over there, and that's where they do. That's but that's what that's called when you just put your brand on anything, and is yeah, that white I label? Think so. You can do that in, in, in China. You can just do all that stuff. But they they go over there, and they say, you know, send me 50 containers of these jackets, and that's when they, you know, they put all their Costco's and, you know, and so it's amazing how big this show is. I, when I walked in, I said, yeah, I'm not walking the whole entire show. Mm. <laughs> you have to take golf carts from one end to the other. It is insane how that show is. But And Yiwu, the manufacturers, you know, when they told me to take a mask, and my friends from uh, my Buddhism class, I mean my Buddhism group, um, I didn't know, we didn't know what a mask was in, well, how was I supposed to know that a year later we're going to be wearing those masks? But it was so much pollution in oh, Yibu okay. that we couldn't even walk 
two blocks. I without like dying of the smoke, of the smog. But everything is made out there. I mean, everybody wants to say American made. But you can't afford a business here and make stuff here. Over there, everything's made over there. Everything. So I don't know. I just think, you know, the, the appreciation of what can be brought here and, and can't be made here. The people need to think about that because they make it very hard to have a business out here mm-hmm. and to make anything here. Yeah. And let's be honest, people don't want to work anymore. I don't understand why people are so just complacent with just having the minimum at this point. Well, why is it, I guess, the majority of the market kind of determines the way things go? Like if people keep importing from there, then that's the way to go. If the majority is doing that. The majority is doing it. In my case, I've had to... uh, I've had some merch made in Mexico. Yeah. Right? Because we got family out there. Mm -hmm. And we want to support their business. And it's a win-win, right? So, it's crazy, though. Like, the the cycle. Because, trip out. Like, the product, at some point, was here and shipped out there and then shipped back. So, it's like we're doing this backwards. Mexico is growing. And they're making everything. And now, we're going to have to supply ourselves from Mexico. So, that's going to be the change. That's going to so, be the so change. So, what I'm getting at is that, like, if I could choose between support the the what we have here next to us, mm-hmm. you know, and avoid all that, the long term, the, the weight, and all these duty stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would apply with Mexico too, right? But I would rather do it this way. But well, it, yeah. the, the point is that there's no room. If you want to do it like for a brand, like to actually make a profit, doing it the Mexican way, it's not as profitable as the, you know. Well, who knows? The investment I mean, is, is, what I'm saying is, it's cheaper to bring it from China. Yeah, no. I mean, you bring it in containers and, you know, and we we had our purses done back then. And um, this was back in 2018, I think it was, or 2019. We had our purses made with my mom's um, middle name. It was her signature. And um, we got them here. We sold them wholesale. But I, I was, I, honestly, I was, I was very impressed on how China was with, you know, the, the products. I'm it's called the eight there are eight buildings in Yiwu and each building has three floors and each floor has like over 200 little stands and that whole entire floor will be all purses wallets baby bags backpacks any bag you can possibly imagine second floor would be all your 99 cent source stuff third floor would be jewelry and then you go to the other building it's all blankets and it's all makeup it's a, an eight different you know, buildings, you'd be surprised. And these people, and they're just, they almost have the same prices on each one. And they all can communicate with you through phone, translating, you know, everything. You know, you talk into it, translate it, they talk into it, translate. And then, you know, you get it shipped out here in the container. But kids, their babies strapped onto them, but everybody was working. And, and, and I was impressed, you know, with, with everything. And I said, this kind of stuff, it's not made out here. Nobody can make it out here. I don't know why. Just it's hard to have businesses out here. It's hard to be competitive too. It's hard with, to be competitive too. So like, if Mexico wants to get in that game, yeah, I'm sure. But I hear you know, Mexico's growing yeah. and and getting stuff here. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. There I used to know. be a container, Linea Mexicana. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen them. I think they're no longer around. I don't know. But. Okay. I got like two more questions left. All right. Go we're, for it. We're all out. Go for it. Um, we're all out of time now. I got to go back. I got to go work. I circled the uh, responsible earlier because uh, they reminded me of like the whole, the money management for owner ops and, and what, how some of us don't really take the finances serious and. I think we've talked about this before. Um, what do you think truckers should do to step their game up with the finances and all that? Because we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, right, when we're trying to save on, on allegedly on taxes and all this, you know? Everybody's trying to take shortcuts, I think. I mean, when, when the whole carb came and, you know, everybody was freaking out and had to get mm-hmm. rid of their trucks, I'll never forget a truck driver walked into my office and he actually grabbed um, the truckers wanted, the job guide with the trucking. And he just started flipping through it. He's like, oh, that company's no good. No, that company doesn't pay. This, 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 and this. And I looked at him and I said, let me guess. I said, you were an owner operator before. And he says, yeah. And I said, and now you don't have, you can't afford a truck because you never saved your money. And he said, no. I said, so now you have to become a driver. And he says, yes. I said, so now, I said, back when you were an owner-operator, you grabbed your check. I said, you spent it all. I said, you didn't. I go, I bet you you didn't have medical insurance. No. You didn't have a bank account. No. Uh, I bet you that you, every time the truck broke down, you just did kind of like a little Mickey Mouse to it just to keep you running. Yes. And I bet you that you probably owe the IRS about three to four years of taxes. Yes. I said, well, guess what? This time, I said, you're going to have to be an employer. You have to pay your taxes. The company has to pay for the maintenance on the truck. The company has to pay your medical insurance, has to pay workers' comp, which you never paid workers' comp because you were the owner of that truck. I said, guess what? Welcome to the real world. This is what we do as employers. We pay taxes. We pay medical. We pay everything. And he just stood quiet. I said, this is a real world here. I said, but a lot of the owner operators weren't used to that. Like you said, they can't adapt. They couldn't adapt to it. So to them was just sell my truck and that's it. Do something else. But some of them don't, can't afford it to do something else. That's all they knew how to do is to drive back in the days. So what do you do? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, older truckers that they can't stop driving. Mm-mm. If they stop, then the income stops, and they have no retirement. They don't have no, they ha- they don't no have life no insurance, nothing. Nothing. I And COVID didn't teach anybody like a lesson. Nobody was prepared for funerals. You know, nobody had life insurance, nothing. Nobody had a will, and, you know, the house went to the state or whatever. You know, nobody prepared, and to this day I still see that this didn't teach anybody a lesson at all. You're still not prepared, and so I don't, I don't get the mentality of some people. You know, you has to change, and you have to realize that. You know who's always who always has a booth at my show at the Truckers Wanted Truck Show, Forest Lawn. Okay. The funeral home. Every single year they have, they have a a booth there. Apparently they do well every year because <laughs> so everybody's got to die. So you didn't refuse that, huh? So you're okay that. with people dying? I'm okay. I mean, no, I'm just it's, fucking a, with you. <laughs> it's, 
what you that's the way you, you know, accepted it there at the my of, huh? at the, I accepted at my show that okay. that's part of life All right. but that's to teach people like you have to be prepared because nobody was prepared it in COVID when COVID came about so many people passed away you know it's so sad but nobody but there you saw people in the corner asking for money for a funeral you know you need to be prepared you need to have this stuff i mean think about life insurance think about who you're going to leave your house to who you know but some people have the mentality like ah when i die que se peleen entre todos you know just fight between each other mm-hmm. that's sad you know so or throw down at the barbecue <laughs> see who gets the, what los terrenos. <laughs> los terrenos, los terrenos. that's sad right but i i think people need to be more aware of um of what to uh how to save their money <laughs> smacking the microphone mic, I, know I, better. I know so yeah what else do you have for the me? last one what i had you? was uh what do you think what's something that you think needs to change in this industry but i think a, that a, a part of it was that right the finances. A part of it was that the financing and i think that there has to be some sort of campaign that awares people that are not in the trucking industry on how to drive around you guys, you know, the truck drivers, how to be more courteous to you guys and and the awareness of what you guys bring to this world, you know, and, and a lot of people don't respect that. So that's that's what has to change too. Like my friends nowadays, they now, you know, then they see the truck wanting to switch lanes at nighttime they flash their lights because i'm teaching them mm-hmm. you know this is what you have to do you have to understand that they can't see at nighttime how far engaged and you're yelling at them just go no flash mm. their lights mm. let them go you know and that's the awareness i think you know you see it in other states you see billboards about trucking and you know don't this is their blind side this and, and here you don't have that here in california mm. And I think that needs to be more addressed. But that's with our, our government, who's not that great. Laura Machuca for governor. I know, right? I will. No, I'm kidding. I will regulate real quick. <laughs> so where can they reach you? Is there any um, website you want to? We have a Truckland Magazine, uh, com. We have Facebook, we have eltroqueronewspaper.com, we have truckerswantedusa.com, uh, Instagram is Truck Club Publishing, which has all three magazines. A lot of people don't realize that we are all three publications, so we're the only business that has the three publications. Yeah. And then um, Facebook, you know, I, I come to realize that a lot of drivers are more on Facebook than actually Instagram. Hmm. Isn't it creepy? The, the, the older the older, cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, older cats. Yeah. yeah. So um they're on Facebook a lot. So I just have to keep up. I need a I need Yeah, just go through these transitions. Eventually they they will all end up on Instagram too, but you know what I mean? Like Yeah. But like, like I said, the you late adopters. Don't adapt. get yeah. yeah. Keep picking them up every every month. I mean these two these two come out on the fifteenth of every month. They run from fifteenth to fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And Truck Club runs from first to first and then of course we have our wholesale magazine but and then this year this is the 2024's calendar so you guys can uh pick it up this next weekend at the california trucking show 
Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. We'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I'll be there too. So oh, that's stop right, by, huh? say hello. I'll be walking around because I have two booths, so I'm in charge of the show and shine contest also. Okay. In the front. Yeah, we're going to be outside, so I don't know how they're going to be stand. outside? Yeah. So you're yeah. the one who's going to bug me right there? They're the one that's taking my place? Oh, yeah? No. Hi. No. <laughs> Are you serious? You're going to be out there? Yeah, I'm going to be there with, with DR Inspects. So that's he, you guys. He, he, uh, he sponsored a spot for me to join him, so I'm going to go. So, oh, so you're going to be outside then? Yeah. So then I'm volunteering you to help put up my canopy then? I'll help you. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So I got another hand. Yeah, but there. yeah, cause my my hand, you no, know, no, I don't no. know. You already volunteered, so you're volunteered, like my friends say. I'm We're not volunteered. We're volunteered. I volunteered, guys. Volunteered. So I hope you guys volunteered to uh, check out the episode, the next episode, and beyond. And uh, I suck at these outros. Thank you guys for tuning in. Okay, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>